Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, Truth Seekers. You're listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com, and I'm your host, Michael Fordham. If you just click the link on my webpage or you're listening on blogtalkradio.com or even the Blog Talk Radio player on my Facebook page and you want to call in live, look, we'd love to talk with you. So give us a call. The number is 347-326-9470. Oh, need a minute to get something to write with? But don't worry, I'll hit the number again right after the commentary. Or if you like, you can Twitter me your questions and comments at twitter.com slash a measure of truth. Also, if you haven't yet, why don't you look me up on Facebook? I'm the Michael Fordham with a photo of me in studio, and you can always email me your questions and comments at a measure of truth at gmail.com. Look, we got a great show for you today. We'll be right back after this. I have told this story before, but it, it looks like it might need some updating. This all started with a sermon my pastor, Dr. Smith, preached on one Sunday morning on joy. As they often do, his sermons have a resounding impact and have an interesting way of manifesting its lesson in my day-to-day life. Some time ago on my way home, I was stopped at a traffic light just before entering my neighborhood, and I was thinking to myself just how much better my commute was than it was the day before. Earlier that week, I took my usual shortcut behind the mayor's office, and this was some time before our D.C. mayor, Vincent Gray, was in office. My wife and I saw then-mayor Adrian Fenty in his new smart car. 
and he waved at my wife and I, but I couldn't get my camera out fast enough, and I missed a great photo opportunity. So the very next day, being better prepared, I tried again. But the weather was bad, and, of course, so was the traffic. And I got stuck behind the mayor's office for over 20 minutes. When I got home, I was so beat. I went straight to my office and got myself a 40-minute acupressure infrared heat massage. And that brought me back to life. But today, traffic was a breeze. And at the traffic light, I happened to look over to the car next to mine, and I saw a beautiful three-year-old little girl staring out of the window in her car seat in a daze. I smiled as I thought about how wonderfully simple our lives were back then when we were children. Then she noticed me, and she smiled back, and I looked away to see if the light had changed, and when I looked back, I smiled again and saw her looking at me, and then she started laughing hysterically, only the way a three-year-old could. So I laughed as she laughed, and the light turned green, and I waved goodbye and proceeded home. And as I was driving, I thought to myself, you know, if that would have occurred just yesterday, even after my 90 minutes in traffic, that would have been all I needed to snap me back to life. A three-year-old smile versus my expensive massage bed. Well, the kid wins hands down. On the drive through my neighborhood, I had an epiphany. How many things have I placed in my life to make up for not taking the time to really enjoy all the simple joys life has to offer? Well, I'm sure I'm not the only one. Many of us have forgotten how to enjoy and appreciate the little things or even the small steps of our accomplishments or the little likes in our relationships or the small things in life that bring us joy in the pursuit of things that would bring us greater happiness. We have become impatient and always looking ahead to the thing that brings us what we perceive to be the source of our happiness. Webster's defines joy as the emotion evoked by well-being, success, or good fortune, or by the prospect of possessing what one desires. Be careful in life that you do not lose your joy. Research shows that if you do, the loss of good health is not far behind. Take time out to enjoy the little things. Rejoice in reliving life's joys through sharing them often with others and take a moment to relax in your moment of peace through your joy instead of the empty pursuit of pleasure. If you ever lose sight of life's joy, take every step in your power to reclaim it as soon as possible. Your first step to reclaim true joy in life is to just look to God. He's always willing to show His glory to all who are willing to seek. Just take a moment to look and you will find His joy all around you. But if you still need a starting point, just look in the eyes of a child. The younger, the better. There you will find true joy, or in other words, joy and the measure of truth. Tonight on A Measure of Truth, we share with you our lively discussion of Lamar and Ronnie Tyler's new film, Still Standing. From our talk and tea at three panel discussion at Mount Zion Baptist Church in Arlington, Virginia, with my co-host, 
Reggie Williams. From the creators of BlackAndMarriedWithKids.com, Happily Ever After and You Saved Me comes the next installment of Timeless Love Stories. A diverse group of couples provide transparent, insightful conversation about what it takes to have lasting power in current day marriages. Through infidelity, chronic illness, financial crisis, blended families, and more, these couples explain why, and more importantly, how they are still standing. We take you now to our lively discussion after the film, already in progress. Okay, Gwen. The thing that stood out to me the most was the transparency of the couples because um, they shared information that a lot of people wouldn't want to share with anyone. They want to keep their information in-house. They don't want to, some people don't even want to share it with a parent who is a, a best friend. And they were willing to, to say that they had gone to friends and sought counsel, and some of them had um, actually been to psychologists and, and sought therapy. And as a group of people, I think we have a tendency to think that counseling is, is the evil opponent and that maybe we shouldn't uh, seek counseling, and it's a good thing. So I think it was fantastic. I, I actually, I was sitting here, I got a teary a couple of times, and thought, wow, this is really is good, and it's so positive. It was just so positive that these were people who were committed to each other, that talked about their commitment, who wanted to be together through infidelity, through all kinds of stuff, and they stood up against a bunch of challenges that were challenged challenges that I think many people would have fallen under. Good. You know, it's, it's said in this work that it's not the problems that cause divorce, it's how you deal with the problems. So they were they were excellent examples for how you how you supposed to deal with the problems. I'd like to get a comment from uh Okay, there we go. We we got a comment from a single young lady. Let's see what she has to say. Yes, um, as you did say, the transparency of all the different couples can actually actually opened my eyes because you know a lot of time when you think of marriage problems, you think of just infidelity and finance. But when it comes to actually actually staying strong through sickness and health, that that's one of the type of things you know gives you like it's from a single perspective an inside look of what a lot of marriages deal with. But you have to prepare yourself to deal with Can you really prepare yourself to deal with that? So I think it's just an open look of what to prepare yourself for later on if I decide to be married. So, so, wait, 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 wait. Uh, uh, so, so, and seeing this as a single person, do you think that you can prepare yourself for this? Yes. Now that I've seen it, and not only that, but now to know, like, where I can go to get counsel about it, find more information about it also. Not something that is just something I have to deal with myself to be able to open up. So, yeah. yeah. One of the things I wanted to say about Lamar's style of uh, filmmaking, um, you notice that most of these interviews took place in the homes of the people. He has a way of doing a very intimate interview that allows people to open up, and um, it takes away any inhibitions. Um, these are people in their own homes talking about their life and their experiences, and um, all of his films have that same mark on it. It's just a great way of um, doing something without being overproduced and too much production that gives you something real that you can, you know, see for yourself and know that it's not something that's contrived. Uh, are there any people here that are engaged, by the way? 
<laughs> Anyone here that's recently married? <laughs> Within the last two years, because they say there's a two-year mark. If you can get past the two years, that's one of the hardest parts. I'll give you an example. One of the you guys are barely okay, and um, someone can get the mic to them and give us your names as well before you start. Um, hi, I'm Janice Galloway. My husband, David Galloway. We will be three years in September, okay. so just over two years. All right, and um, you guys have already gone through some of the um, the minor arguments, some of the things that maybe you guys probably didn't think would happen. I'll give you an example. The first argument my wife and I had was over the thermostat, and then I found out that that's pretty common, you know? <laughs> we could all be comfortable in here right now, and your thermostat at home could be on the exact same temperature, but someone will be uncomfortable. So tell us a little bit about that. When you guys finally moved in together and you started living together, what were some of the things that surprised you that you guys had to work out? Um, well, I think for us, we did um, premarital counseling um, here at the church, so we kind of um, had that as an advantage in terms of kind of hearing some of these similar stories um, before actually getting married. Um, I think the hardest thing for me, I can't speak for him, was um, holidays, things like that, that we didn't necessarily anticipate because his family wants us there and my family wants us there. And um, so just trying to figure out how to do that, how to navigate. And um, I know for the first year, we spent so much time trying to make everybody happy that on holidays we were driving everywhere. Um, and so we kind of learned to kind of create our own tradition and create our own um, holidays and allow, you know, both of our families to join in. Um, and so I know that was one of the hard things um, for us. And then just... Um, for me, going into it, believing that, you know, if there was this euphoric honeymoon phase that would kind of carry you for a while, and, um, you know, reality is there day one, you know, finances and everything are there day one um, when you get married. And so kind of learning that and not and realizing that it's not, you know, all skipping through the meadows necessarily the first couple of years. And uh, I want you to go ahead and tell us now, you had your own idea, and of course, as a, as a single man going into marriage, there's a lot of transitions and a lot of things you sort of, you just have to give up, and you, you're like, it's her thing, let me try to fit in, and tell us what your experience was and some of the things that you felt that um, were a transition for you. Um, I think the biggest transition was um, coming into the household, I was believing that I was like the head of the household. All the decisions would have to come through me. Um, <laughs> I would approve it or deny it. Then you woke up. Yes. <laughs> you thought you so, were going to be uh, Mr. CEO of the relationship at that Yes. <laughs> and um, I learned quickly that that wasn't the case. Uh -huh. um, it's more of a, a partnership or teamwork. Um, another thing is that I had to realize um, is that I'm no longer just taking care of myself. It's a, a family that I have to take care of. Um, because for years, I've just only person I had to worry about would be myself. Right. Now I have to worry about, you know, her feelings or how it affects her uh, going forward. So that was definitely a big adjustment. Now, um, tell us how your faith and the 
relying on God's guidance and direction for you and your relationship has helped you out as well? It's been a, a huge part of our, our marriage. Um, it basically helps us get through a lot of uh, difficulties. Um, a lot of trials and stuff, and uh, prayer definitely helps. Because um, without it, I don't think we we would have made it as far as we have so far. So, right. well, thank you for that. You know, I, I, I've been uh, Peachy and I have been friends of uh, for Tina and Asia for probably ten of their thirteen years of marriage. I remember when I first met them. I, I'm never going to forget this. She said that he was a she said that he was um, a hustler for their marriage. Uh, so that would have been like two, three years into their marriage. And when you hear them on stage and you hear the music that they sing and how inspiring it is, I call them like the modern day Ozzy and Harry, uh, Ozzy and Ruby. You know, they just they're just great. But um, JC, you're gonna represent for the single man. I'm gonna get you too, David. So I'm gonna join the laughing for. So, so, so tell me what you got out of the film. And as Mike said, uh, announce who you are. All right, I'm JC um, Smith. Yeah, um, it was a, it was a great film. Uh, I got a ton out of it. Um, I think the uh, the one that really you know spoke to me the most was uh, the Reverend and his wife, and uh, you know the way it. To show the unconditional love that he had for her um, throughout her illness, um, it was just powerful to see um, the fact that you know he was there through thick and thin, and um, the way you know they it brought them stronger together in the Lord and um, in each other as well. And um, I mean, because everyone you know you have this ideal of marriage, and uh, you know you think you're gonna be together and it's gonna be just yeah, as I said, you know running through the meadows and roses and, you know, violets and, and everyone's going to be happy. And um, you don't think about the sickness. You know, it's not, you know, everyone says it's sickness and health. That's part of your vows. But you don't think that's ever going to happen, right? And it, it does happen um, just knowing that, you know, you vowed that you were going to be there. And he was there. And he was the man. And he, he stuck by her and waited. You know, that was the thing that they'll always keep and they'll always have together. And uh, it just spoke to me, you know, as a young man, young single man, that, uh, you know, that's what it's all about. And uh, once you can get that, that's, I think, when you know that your, uh, you know, your marriage means something. We're going to get Thomas, man. He's, he's like he's contemplating. Go ahead, Thomas. Okay, thanks. Um, I have to admit that I wasn't sure I was going to be here, so I'm here because uh, I, have a, you? I have a very wise wife who knows uh, where there needs to be some assistance, and so uh, I was encouraged to come, and I'm happy that I did come. Uh, what I did realize uh, in seeing this production was that, you know, when you hear about a movie, you think it's scripted and you kind of think that this is another imaginary situation that you're here to be entertained. But uh, when I saw the, the breadth of uh, the relationships that were shown here, um, I kind of saw a little bit of me in each of them, but there was one particular one that I kind of thought about, and that was about the blended family. 
and you don't really get a chance to see those kind of uh, uh, revealing attitudes portrayed very often. But when you do, it's it's not you know something that you uh, have the courage to look at because if you're a person that's gone through that, uh, you kind of think that well, you know, this is my second or third time around, you know. But I really related to that brother that was in there because. Uh, what touched me was that he felt a sense of guilt, and that guilt was because of his children. And you didn't hear much about the, the ladies feeling any guilt, but maybe she had some, but she didn't talk about it. But the brother talked about his guilt, and that what touched me because um, I, I kind of felt that uh, that was part of me being in that situation. But what was helpful was that uh, he cared enough that in the both couples cared, uh, both the husband and the wife cared enough to come up with a way in which they could uh, get the children involved. And I felt um, that that was something that I could take out of this as far as being educated. Because, you know, a lot of times we think that we, you know, being me, we got answers for everything. And we know that uh, you can, you know, deal with stuff without much help at all. But you just walk in because I'm a man, I can figure it out. But there's no uh, there's no rule book that people you know get a chance to to to, to uh, read or to to uh, or get acquainted with when before they get into a situation. You know, you kind of learn on the fly. But um, what I felt that because in this particular production they had something for everybody from the rooter to the scooter, they uh, had. Uh, enough portrayals to kind of help everybody. But I, I really felt like this uh, the Blender Family uh, episode was very intriguing and enlightening, and I'm glad that it, uh, I, I saw uh, that, you know, I'm not the only one. And it was, uh, and I appreciate the fact that I saw it. Did anyone else have something they wanted to add to that? Uh, we have someone... We have someone who actually wrote a book about <laughs> how much we need our men of God. So. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm Priscilla Miles, and um, I wrote the book, um, Man of God, We Need You. And what touched me in the film was the couple that was last as a divorcee. Um, let me share with you what it feels like when a man sticks with you no matter what. And I don't care what you're going through. In life, if that man could just hold on, don't leave. And that couple at the end was sharing how much it meant to not leave, to support one another. And the, what, was, what was so amazing was not only her expression of how she needed that man to be there because she meant he meant more to her than he could even imagine what he said about her, how he looked back after it was all over, not through it. See, because that's what we look at while we're going through it. But he's seen it after the fact because he held on that long that he looked back and seen that she was there all the time. And um, that's what touched me is because if we can just 
grasp hold of the dedication to one another. The not just love. I mean, love is just unpredictable. It's wonderful, but the knowing of each other. Once you get to know each other, you don't want to hurt that person for nothing in the world. He got to know her, and she got to know him, and they didn't want to hurt each other. And I think as a divorcee, and that's why I'm speaking now, that's the most painful thing in the world is to say you had a failed marriage because somebody decided to walk out because they decided you weren't worth holding on. That's how you believe is that you're not worth it. But God be the glory that you know you are worth it. They just couldn't handle the ride. And I'm thankful to God that it doesn't just end there, that our men are very important. And once you realize what you mean to us as women, you recognize that you're more, much, much more than you could ever imagine. And when you, be, when you become that in our eyes, um, we become so much more. And I just wanted to share that. And um, one of the, the key points, too, in this film, before we get our next person who wants to give a comment, is that when you look at these couples and they express themselves and they tell you what they've gone through, you can see that it's a settling in them that you know that no matter what life throws at them at this point, that they're going to handle it. They will be together. Because this process, whatever they've gone through, can be duplicated to match anything that they could come up against. You know? And, of course, um, with their faith in God as well and having that relationship um, based on, you know, um, the Bible and what God's will and purpose is for them in their marriage, they, and you can see that success is going to be there regardless. That's so true, Mike. Um, oftentimes when people, um, especially in relationships, there's really no plan to be successful. Um, you know, one of the things that teaching, teaching I teach, we, te- we teach rules of engagement so that when your marriage is struggling, you already know what the rules of engagement are in terms of how to deal with it. And, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, um, we were teaching in class, and this gentleman has one child, and his girlfriend is about to have a second child, and he's contemplating marriage, but he doesn't want to be forced into it. You know, and then he finally said, you know what? Maybe I'll do this thing if somebody will educate me about it. And so um, just being educated and having rules of engagement and things of that nature help. But I want to get a comment. Uh, the marriage ministry is fortunate enough to have a therapist, a family therapist in there. So I'm going to put her on the spot and see what she has to say. Joel, will you come on now? Come on, come on. All that expertise, all that expertise, we can't, we can't leave here without having your expertise. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Jewel Dykeen, and I'm here with my husband. We've been married almost four years in August. Um, I am a family therapist, um, and I think what I thought that really stood out to me, um, despite my professional journey and where I am, um, is the peace of God, is the spirituality piece. I think going to therapy is amazing. Um, I think that that's very helpful um, to have another person come in but what I saw for most of the couples that were really struggling is their faith in God, and that's what got them through. Um, and I've actually been speaking with 
one of my mentors who's actually in the process of contemplating divorce. And I asked her, and she's in therapy, and the husband doesn't want to work on it. And I asked her about the spirituality piece, and that hasn't been there for her in her marriage. And she said to me, Jewel, I wonder where we would be had we fed that piece of our marriage, had we been in church, had we been in marriage ministries, et cetera. And although Eddie and I, we got married young. I was 23, he was 24. We've been married, like I said, almost four years. And the piece that has helped us is going to church, is being in the Word, is going to marriage ministry and being active in that. That's what's gotten us. I I saw they um, said in the movie, get me to the first five years and then come and talk to me. Um, but you have to start early. You can't wait till the problems come in. And I'm saying that as a therapist, but first and foremost, I'm saying that as a wife and as a Christian. You have to start early. You have to feed your marriage just like you feed your flesh. You have to feed your spirit. And we have been fortunate enough to be able to do that. And, and we have the same situation where people think that our marriage is perfect and we have this perfect relationship. You have a house. You have this. But with everything, there's a cross to bear. And um I think that we've been able to get through whatever trials and tribulations have come our way because of our faith in God. And that's something that they said um, with the infidelity. The lady said that I couldn't put my trust in him. I put my trust in God who's in him. And that, to me, even as a therapist, is key. That has to rule before anything else. Um, I don't think you can have a successful marriage without having Christ as the head of your household. Um, so that's my expertise. See, see, and she didn't want to give us that. How selfish. <laughs> We're going to see if we can get one of the audience members here. We they they viewed the film as usual. We had a uh, a rousing uh, applause. They loved it. They, they're talking about the positivity of it. Uh, they're thanking you for doing such a wonderful job. And we want to see if we can get somebody to to ask you a question. As I told you before. They started this journey about four or five years ago, man, trying to change the image uh, of black marriage. Uh, they have a website, Black and Married with Kids. It is one of the top websites. I mean, just doing phenomenal numbers. And um, let's see if we can get somebody to ask you a question. I loved your movie. I thought it was fantastic. My question is, how did you come up with this fantastic Set of couples. Where did you find them? Because they were all wonderful. Uh, thank, thank you. Yeah, okay. First of all, thank you. Uh, how we normally do it is really through a network of people we we know over the past years. If we uh, meet more people through the website, as we make more films, uh, we're going to come in contact with more couples. Um, and, and normally we don't like to do like what they would call just an open call. We just go to our website, say, "Hey, we should because we, for the most part, either want to know the people or we want someone that we're very close with to know these couples uh, to make sure they're somewhat accountable. You know, we don't want just anybody up on screen. There's a lot of people that go on screen and lie uh, and, and tell all types of, you know, of lies and, and just won't speak the truth when it comes to their marriage relationships. And we don't want to come out later that that's, that's the case. So, uh, so what we'll do is, is when we look up a couple, we'll reach out to so a couple like Reggie and Peachy, and we'll say, hey, you know, we're looking for couples, anybody you know, to fit this bill. Uh, but since they do a lot of marriage education training, they'll know couples, they'll know their different stories, and then we'll get feedback from people like them and suggestions on uh, what kind of couples we can use if we do interviews for them. Anyone else? I know Jimmy Adams got a question, man. 
I don't have one, but I'll think of one. <laughs> I know you spoke about these are couples that you you you're somewhat familiar with, but I guess my question is because I'm a part of the men's ministry here, it's difficult for black men to open up. How long had, have you known these couples, and how did you get the brothers to be so expressive? Because we tend to be closed-minded, and we usually keep our our feelings and our thoughts and most of our expressions to ourselves. And I just found it to be pretty phenomenal for these brothers just to bear all, if you will. That, that, that's a great question. Uh, to say the truth, most most of the couples that we um, talk to, a lot of times they they do some type of telling their story on their own already. Uh, so they might be marriage education teachers. They might be uh, in a church. They might be uh, you know speakers. A lot, a lot of times they're just people who used to who who are used to whatever different walks of life they're in, like telling their story. And being able to, you know, uh, have, you know, honest, candid, transparent conversations. And that's, that's the thing. When we do interview couples, we need the couples we, we use to be able to, to talk honestly about stuff. So we, we have interviews with couples and we're appreciating them. And, and if it's the thing where it's going to, the, the wife is talking a lot, uh, but the husband wants to be the strong silent type, we can't, we can't use them. Because that's exactly what we need. We need the men who come out to see the movie to see other strong men on the film talk. And other strong men being uh, honest about their feelings so they can connect and relate to them. Uh, this question is more along uh, the humorous side, and, and that is that in working with these couples, did you uh, pick up on any particular uh, couple, set of couples that uh, may have been the most uh, hardest to work with or took the most takes or had the most humorous uh, uh, aspects of their uh, delivery? It, it probably was different, the uh, family show, Asia and Bettina at the beginning, because like their interview was just just funny, like the whole way through. And it, it's a lot of stuff we cut out that still was funny. I mean, it was like funny stuff left and right. Uh, so I, I would definitely have to say now, and I, I think it's again, other than they work, you know, they work together, their jobs is to work together, they sing together, uh, they do interviews together all the time, so they, they just play off each other very well, and they were just hilarious. I mean, they had me a lot of cracking up the whole time. Lamar, when we talked, uh, I don't know, maybe two, three weeks ago, if not more than that, uh, you you talked about when we spoke about, I guess about a month or so ago, while this folk, while this uh, film had married folks in it, you know, you were interviewing married folks. You told me you had a very, uh, you had a purpose for single people as it related to this film. I said, could you speak about that? Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, when, when we want singles to come out. And watch this. Uh, and we do, like, we, we spread them in movie theaters, maybe 30, 40% of audience is single. Uh, you know, we, we work with churches a lot, you know, churches are like Jay Larry's ministry, and we try to tell them about it, for married folks, and single folks, too. Because we want, we want single people to be able to come out and get a real transparent, honest look at what married did. Uh, so they can prepare themselves back. So that, you know, okay, when they get back, they'll know all they need is type of things that come out. And, and this is how, you know, we remember. And it fell this out uh, a couple hands. Okay, we know that I saw somebody that went through this and they threw. Uh, and I've been about that DVD back then and got to use that as a learning tool. And, and I mean, it's really been, um, I mean, it's really been working so far. I had a, a, a woman that's a single friend of mine 
who I talked to a few weeks ago, and she said, by looking at our previous film, that really had let her know that she wasn't ready to get married today. Uh, and, and to me, that was a huge compliment. Like, if we could prevent somebody who's not ready to get married yet, make them realize that so they don't jump in the trouble because they're born. Or we can, you know, um, help better prepare them for you know, whatever comes up doing their marriage and we're doing our job. Hey, Lamar, uh, this is Michael Fordham, host of A Measure Truth. I don't know if you knew that I'd be on the line as well today. How are you? I'm doing good. Doing good. Thanks. Um, the last time we spoke, um, I think that you had another film in the works. It's probably this one. And you've been doing maybe a film a year. Is that right? Uh, yes. I've been doing most of it then, but this last film still saying we did all of the last Are you already working on your next project, or what's the plan now? Uh, we're, we're talking around some ideas. We, we always have like three to four ideas uh, kind of on the table. I think we want to do that because it kind of depends on uh, how the current movie does, you know, kind of what other doors and opportunities open up. Uh, but we are thinking about something. Uh, and we, I've been saying this like last two or three years ago. We're still thinking about something for the table. But if they do come out and uh, support us big time, they always say, hey, you know, what are you going to do something about uh, but, but to that effect, when we do do something for the single, we don't want it to do the same for old time, stereotypical conversation about it's no good man, and it makes that no woman go, it has to be something deeper than that. Uh, we're also looking at doing something on blended families. We're also looking at doing something else on um, uh, legacy and, 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 and leaving uh, a transfer to wealth in the African-American community. Uh, instead of, you know, each generation starting over and, and from scratch. So, you know, we've got a few things in mind uh, that there's always different things that pop up. Um, like like this still saying, actually, that wasn't something that was on the table last year. It just got a, you know, we did a screen around in Milwaukee. We got back to the hospital room, uh, started talking about some things, and some of the couples that talked about came up with the idea for the film and said, hey, this would be great. Then, like, you know, a few months later, we shot it. A few months later, we were screaming at the uh, DC area. Well, I actually have a, a question for Ronnie. She's sitting there really, being really quiet. Ronnie, yeah, you, I, I, hold on one, hold on one second, because I had to take the phone off the speaker so I could hear y'all, so let me get the phone to her for you. Oh, okay, all right, tell me when she has it. Hello. Hey, Ronnie. Uh, Hi. Question for you. You and your husband have been named, along with the Obamas, as one of the top African-American couples in the country. Tell us about that distinction. Um, well, actually, it was an honor, you know, to name that, especially among the other couples that have been identified. I think we were the only couples that weren't celebrities, um, you know, on those lists. And so we feel honored, um, and I just think the more recognition that we, we get, the more that our work will get out there. And that's really what our goal is, what our passion is, is to promote those positive images. So so we'll take it and, just, you know, and, and get that recognition so that our work can, can spread even more. But, yeah, we're honored. Well, you know, you're my celebrity. I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. I said, I said, you guys are my celebrities. Oh, oh thank you. <laughs> anyone, thank you. anyone want to ask Ronnie a question, Ms. Priscilla? You all are doing so well with these films. I've gotten every last one of them. This is Priscilla Miles. Um, thank you for accepting my Facebook friend. And um, but I wanted to ask you, Ronnie, what was your problem that you had with marriage, you and Lamar? What ignited ignited this role, this film of marriage? What 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 started it all? Okay. Um, so I, I, the beginning of your question, I don't know if I heard it. Did you say what was my, was, did you ask me about, did I have a problem or did 
what ignited all of this? Yes, she just wants to know what ignited this this journey that you guys are on. Well, I mean, honestly, we wanted to start a blog, and that's what started, you know, BlackAmericanTips.com. We would sit down and we decided we were going to do a blog together, and we wanted to do something that we both passionate about and something that we could do for the long haul. And it so it had to be a topic that held interest for both of us. And as we talked about it, it was marriage. Um, we hadn't been married very long when we started BlackAmericanTips.com, and we had even started talking about just the whole image of marriage, um, how, it, you know, there was a lot of negativity out there when people and couples um, announced their engagement. And we both agreed at the same time that we wanted to talk about marriage and we wanted to kind of change that perception. Um, and so it just kind of took off there. We had no idea that it was going to grow that big. And then, you know, after doing the blog for two years, we wanted to kind of get our message out there even further, and that's when we started to do the documentary. But really, it was just out of, you know, wanting to do a blog, and we both felt really um, passionate about marriage because we were having, you know, um, a good time, basically, in the first two years of our marriage. We just loved being together. We felt like, you know, marriage improved our lives exponentially, and we, we wanted to, to get a different message out there. And so that's how we picked that topic. Hopefully that answered the question. That, that's a great answer. Was well, there any more questions for the Tylers before we let them go? Uh-oh, no, no, we, we got Pastor here. He got to come ask a question, man. Come on in here, Pastor. He got to ask something. Even, he got, come, come on in here, man. We, we, we have our pastor who is in the house who is the one who sanctioned this. So let, first of all, let's give him a round of applause. And so our pastor, the shepherd of our house, is going to ask you a question. This is Ronnie Tyler, the, the wonderful wife of the group. Indeed. Hey, Ronnie, how are you? Ronnie? Hello. Hello. That's Lamar. Hey, Lamar. Hey, Lamar. Yeah, good. Ronnie, she got the phone back over to me. Okay, that was pretty good. How are you today? Okay, listen, I have a question for you. Um, I don't know if you've answered this question already, but I was wondering, um, Exactly what was it that prompted you to select the persons that you did to participate uh, in this movie? Oh, uh, you're asking what, what, what prompted to select the people that we did for the film? Yes. Uh, when we did the, uh, like, so we, had a, we had a pool of people, and everyone we talked to, we didn't select. Uh, what we did is we wanted a, a cross-section of stories that were, like, some of the some of the more popular things that people come to us with on a website. They come to us with the screen and they say, hey, you're going through. So, like, through the, through the six different couples, you'll find, uh, like, those are, uh, like, six of the uh, most popular, like, hot-button issues and topics that, that play in your trouble relationship. Uh, so, so that was one of the things. We said, okay, we already do, like, these six areas that we want to touch on. And then, uh, just, just from doing the film now for four years and doing the website, we kind of, we got a good feeling of what stories, what kind of stories people will connect with. Uh, so just, like, you know, like, say, talking to the couples and, and hearing them articulate their different points of view, hearing them just, you know, kind of get their testimony for different things they, they come through. Uh, we, we get a pretty good feeling now of, like, okay, like, in the, okay, this couple may have a good story, but they won't necessarily come across good on film. Or this couple has a good story, and they, they'll have people clapping in the theater because their story is so good, or how they overcame it is so amazing. So they do such a good job of telling the story. That's a lot of it, too, you know. Like, like somebody, you know, mentioned before the previous question. The couple that to be able to tell a good story, 
A follow-up question to that is, do you think that it would be beneficial at some point to do a movie with uh, persons who didn't stand? Wow. Um, yeah, we talked about it. We, we've talked about it. We're looking at some, uh, some different things. Like it's, it's something we've thought about. Okay, that's all I want to know. Thank you very much. All right. Ronnie, uh, Lamar, Ronnie, we just thank you very much for your time. I know you guys are on the road coming back from Texas. They filmed, they showed the film uh, yesterday and the day before in Dallas and Houston. Uh, the the group that you talk about, Miss Priscilla, they haven't even seen the movie yet. They haven't even seen it yet. So, so anyway, look, we appre I appreciate it, man. You know, I love you guys, man. I give you a call next week. All right, thanks, sir. All right, take care now. And uh, I have a question for the single folks who decided to come here today. Um, if anyone want to answer this question, why was it important for you to come to see this film today? Anyone want to comment on that? And Getting your work out in hot dogs. <laughs> and I don't even need it. <laughs> <laughs> well, um... Give us your name first. My name is Helen Hollis, and I've been divorced close to 20 years. I have two adult age children. And I understand that, um, uh, of course, well, one day I, I pray to be married. It's in God's hands. But I understand it's a different season in my life. It's different just totally, obviously, you know, 20 years later. And so my goal is to invest in, you know, whatever I can do so that uh, – um, Prayerfully, when that time comes, you know, when, when it's, like I said, it's on God's time clock, uh, you know, I will be um, ready, if you will. And um, that's about as simple as I can put it. Now, did you see the issue that you think may have been the, um, the break in your marriage, in your relationship? Did you see that represented in the film? I saw it slightly, and I will say, uh, by the grace of God, that it was real slight. What I experienced was just really beyond what I saw slightly. And so, um, you know, I'm just I'm just loving the Lord for what he brought me through and my kids, and God is good. Thank you. So. There's someone else back here. Hi, my name is Renee. Um, I have never been married, so I felt and I have thought in quite a few years to come to things like this so I can learn everything I can <laughs> because I do one day want to be married and I'm hoping it's going to be for the rest of my life. So now at 43, it's getting a little, you know. So um, I'm hoping from things like this and the relationships that I have with married couples that I can learn as much as I can so I'll be one of those successful ones. So that's why I'm here. Very good. Anyone else? I told David I was going to get him. David, come on. <laughs> um, I think one of the reasons that I came in to watch the movie, in addition to encouragement by Reggie um, at our young adults Bible study, was also kind of to look at marriage a little bit outside of my parents. Um, 
my parents have been married since 1971. And one of the most amazing things about their marriage is I have never seen them argue. Um, I've never seen any 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 kind of conflict um, in front of us as, as the kids. Um, and so looking at marriage kind of for them and their generation um, and then looking at kind of the challenges of marriage now um, in terms of how things have kind of changed culturally, uh, not only in America, but more specifically amongst um, black couples. And so being a single man, just kind of really trying to be encouraged. Um, you know, when I was younger, like probably 14, 15, I always thought I'd be married by either 25, had two kids, stuff like that. So it's not just, you know, stereotypical women that, that kind of think about marriage. Um, it's definitely been in my mind for a while. But really um, putting, my play, putting myself in a place to be ready um, for marriage and, and looking at, uh, the couples that really went through, and I think one of the biggest things that I that I saw um, during the movie was just kind of that sheer determination, that sheer willpower, you know, day in and day out, that I'm going to keep this marriage going. I'm going not not only to survive, but to kind of make it thriving and, and make it uh, a pleasurable and enjoyable experience. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest things that I picked up from the movie was just kind of that sheer willpower and determination to say that this is going to work. Um, everything might be crumbling around me, um, you know, friends and, and, and other stuff may leave, but the both of us are going to work through this and we're going to get by. And I think that was one of the most uh, important things that I identified with with the movie. So. That, that's, a, that's a really good point, David. Uh, I, I'm not saying anything that hasn't been said publicly before, but like the last two, three weeks, a month, uh, Peachy said in the class the other day, man, we have been in a terrible valley. But when we got in that valley, it was okay because we knew we were going to get there. It was just a purification period for us, and we already had a plan to deal with it when we got in that valley. So it wasn't like, you know, yeah, you get on my nerve, but we're going to be all right. <laughs> so it's a good point. It's funny, yeah. I'm sort of coming out of a valley myself. <laughs> and um, um, my wife has um, been ill, and that's one of the reasons why you guys have not seen her here. And because of that... Um, you know, we had to sort of go into ourselves and deal with our own hurt and our own pain based on her recovery and the life changes that have occurred because we all like things to, you know, we, we get settled in our lives and then when something changes, it's hard to deal with. But when something changes that's out of your control and you don't get to put a date on the calendar to know when it's over, it's, it's very difficult. So, um, yeah, I understand that. And um, it's been something happened just this weekend with us, too, that, you know, sort of lighten the load, and it's just amazing how these things happen. Um, but just to bring a little <laughs> humor, I guess, to this, um, I want to ask the pastor something, because um, I knew my wife, I think it was uh, four weeks before we got engaged, and she brought me, of course, to the pastor, and she was a member of Mount Zion at the time, and, um, you know, the pastor met me, said hello, and had a smile on his face, but I really want to know, what did you think? <laughs> um, I don't recollect right now. Uh, it was it was, it definitely wasn't a bad thing. I didn't think that. Um, one of the things whenever I um, meet with any couple, I am probably more hopeful for them than they are for themselves. And uh, based upon my own 
you know, personal experience and my belief in the covenant of marriage, I'm very much more hopeful. And I know, you know, when couples come, everybody's excited and they're happy and they're ready to do this thing. Um, but many times, particularly first-timers, um, they really don't know what they're getting into. And um, just like David said a moment ago, something that made a bell go off in my head um, was when he said, he talked about the model that he saw, um, marriage. Ooh, that's the worst model in the whole world. And it's the worst model because you come out of it and you really think in your head that's the way it's supposed to be, that um, there's not supposed to be any conflict, there's not supposed to be any argument, disagreement. And um, I can say that because I saw models like that where I did not see that. Uh, the reality was it wasn't that it didn't exist, but they they kept their business private. When they disagreed, they dealt with each other. They didn't display it publicly. And so I didn't know that. I just thought, you know, the marriages were just great. They never argued, you know. And so you go into marriage thinking that, that oh, you're not supposed to argue. And as soon as you have an argument, it's not supposed to be like this. And um, um, and and although uh, David, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I'm just saying it's a right, 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 right. So and 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 that's the kind of images that you have in your head because those are the models that we see. And many times we judge our relationships based upon the models that we see. And um, um, that's that. I can't. Let me not say that's a bad model. Um, uh, that's an unhealthy picture, should I say, for you to think that that's the way it is. And sometimes what we have to do is talk to people to really find out what's going on, what's really happening underneath the surface. Because uh, I came up in an era where you did not you did not air your dirty laundry. And, you know, it was like, no, my grandmama, you didn't see all of that. You know, that was, that was private. They had the arguments when I was asleep, you know, and I didn't know it. So um, now we live in a... Uh, an age where people show and tell everything. You know, it's like, we, we had an argument, put it on Facebook. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. So it's a, it's a different age. I mean, you you can see, yeah, Twitter have a Twitter battle. I mean, you know, I've seen them. I mean, you know, people just going back and forth, you know, and that kind of thing. So it's a different age. But I didn't think anything bad. Just, okay. Right. I, got a, I got a quick question. Has anyone not seen pastor officiate a wedding? Not seen. All right. So you, you've never heard the dude talk about the, how many people in the room? How many? How many six people in the room. <laughs> so when you get married, you just notice there's six people in the marriage. <laughs> six people get married. Six, six people get married. I can't say. One of the couples, uh, I think it was the first couple, uh, who I also thought was pretty lively and off the chain a little bit as far as interest, was the first couple, especially when they started singing. I didn't know what to expect. Well, that's their profession. Even so, I mean, you know, singing, you know, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> uh, but one, of the thing, one thing that the lady said was that oftentimes it probably gets too much emphasis, and that is we scare people away from marriage. And I think that that's unhealthy to the extent that, uh, especially with young couples, they think that, well, I don't want to do this because, you know, I can go solo. Or I don't want to deal with another personality or the other five people in the room. But the other issue, but the point of it is, is that um, 
when you do see a good marriage, that should be the goalpost. I think even though it's not possible all the time, but to know that you want peace and harmony because, you know, one of the reasons why people uh, get married or either don't get married is they want peace of mind. And if you can get peace of mind, that's gold, whether you're married or not. But if you're, if you're in a relationship and you have peace of mind and you want to come home and your wife is bubbly and you've got the mat going and, and you know, that's, nothing's better than that, if you ask me. And I'll, 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 I'll tear down or build whatever I have to to get that every day because I didn't have that the first time around, so I know what I didn't want, but, but I know what, so, but, but finding out that you can get peace of mind, that's worth getting married for. And if you ask me, uh, I would think that everybody who's thinking about getting married or single, you know, walk in with the fact that you want peace of mind because I don't think you can be happy by yourself. At least I can't. And I think that uh, if you can, you know, get prepared, see things like this that we just saw here in terms of how people deal with with with, with uh, 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 confusion and, and, and discord, that there are solutions. So you don't have to go in with the fact that, or the thought that, you know, there is no way out without getting out. So I thought this was a, you know, a great presentation, uh, and I'm encouraged because uh, even though I am married, I'm going to stay married because my wife tells me the only thing that's going to get us to part is death. So <laughs> I ain't ready to die. So, <laughs> in, in fact, she's not letting me die because she's put me on vegetables and stuff like that, too. <laughs> so I'm, I'm down with this, you know, and I think that anybody's thinking about getting married, you know, go for it. That's the goal. That's the goalpost, if you ask me. That's a touchdown there. That's worth clapping for. So, speech, one second, Gwen. Speech said, and I actually said this to this young man that said he wanted to be educated by marriage. If you've got the person that you love, and you love them, and they love you, what are you looking for? And as men, we so often, single men, it's like, yo, if I hook up with this, and I'm going to miss something else, man. But, you know, you can't get your goal with a, with a clenched fist. So, so but I think... Oh, <laughs> oh y'all don't know who the six people are. Well, you live with three of them. Um, the the six people, and when I talk to the couple, it's it's uh, let's just say Reggie. Let's say it's Reggie and Peachy, and uh, I'll say there's uh, Reggie, uh, the man he thinks he is, the man Peachy thinks he is, and the man he really is, and Peachy, the woman she thinks she is, the woman he thinks she is, and the woman she really is. And those are those are six distinct personalities that that have to learn how to live as one. Um, because, you know, everybody's got multiple personalities. And uh, so, you know, we have an image of the other person. The other person has an image of us. We have an image of ourselves. And then there's the real person that most of us never know. And all three of all six of them have to just kind of learn how to have fun together and give them vegetables. <laughs> there was a couple in the um, in the movie that I thought was really interesting and that I related to on a, a, a level. Um, it was the couple uh, that talked about how they didn't get a whole lot of encouragement when they first got married. Now, yeah, the way I related to that was that when I got engaged, 
at an advanced stage. I had people say to me, be careful what you ask for. Are you sure this is something you want to do? And it took a while for me, it took a while for me to um, realize that some of those were people who were unhappy. Mm. And that they, even though they were friends of mine, even though they were friends of mine, they hadn't expressed to me some of the things, even though we were close, that was happening in their own marriages and the problems that they were experiencing. And so I think, and I thank God every day, that I waited until I felt confident about making a move. And I don't have a problem saying I was 53 years old. Um, I think I had witnessed a lot of people's uh, relationships fall apart. I knew they were good people, the woman and the man. And I wondered, what is it that allowed this thing to happen? And so for me, uh, like another person, I had kind of given up. I had decided, it's okay, I'll be fine. I'm fine by myself. I don't have a problem um, living alone. I'm okay. And then I realized that, no, I think I would like to have something. I think I would like to have something different than where I am right now. And I knew that my mother and father, unlike yours, were very vocal people who didn't mind having a disagreement in front of their children. And within 15 minutes of having the disagreement, they were laughing and talking and having a ball. And you would think, and I used to think, how in the world do you get over being as angry as it seemed you were a few minutes ago and now you all all up in each other's faces. And how do you do that? And then I realized that they had it, they discussed it, it's over, we're moving forward. And I think it, it for me, established a need to communicate, a need to talk, and I can talk a lot, and I want to talk like the woman in the, uh, in the video, I, let's talk about it, that kind of thing. So... Um, there was so much in this movie that I think anybody, if you really search and look in your in your um, family's relationships, in your friends' relationships, in your own personal relationships, that will help you see some of your own shortcomings, some of your strengths, some of the things that you need to do in order to be able to to make the best of your situations. And also, you know, I, I hate to say this, sometimes if two people aren't trying to do this together, then it's not going to stand. Two people have to be working together with God's help to make a situation stand. And if two people can't agree that we need to work, then it's almost futile because one person can't make it stand up. One person can't do it. Um, <clears throat> I want to approach this from kind of a global situation. I'm glad this was done. Um, this whole concept of, of of looking at black marriages and black families, it, it took me back to my childhood. Um, when I was a little kid, 
my mom and dad would, I was crazy about cowboys and Indians. And they would read me stories about cowboys and Indians and da 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 da. And one day I, I asked them, I said, Mom, Dad, why do the cowboys always win and the Indians always lose? And they said, it's going to always be that way until the Indians write the story. So I'm glad that we're doing, we're writing the story. And it's about time that we write the story because all too often we've let everybody else define us. We've let the media define us. We've let politicians define us. And it's about time we start defining ourselves and, 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 looking, and looking into the mirror and, and realizing that we're not as bad as folks think we are or folks say we are. So I'm glad that Lamar and Ronnie have started this thing, and, and I hope that other uh, uh, producers or whatever continue to in this vein to show the positive side and not that it's always perfect, because no relationship between two people is ever going to be perfect. But 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 it's not it's, it's not as crazy as, as we are portrayed to be. Oh Lord! Oh. Good evening, all. Um, I have a quick question. Um, actually, to kind of build on what Gwen said, um, and two of the couples in the film actually kind of insinuated that they got to a certain place at different times. Um, um, the man with the couple with the financial issues, he said as he looked back, he realized that his wife was with him and on his side the whole time. And I think the other couple who had a communication problem she was like, we got there, but we got there at different times. So for the single people, my question to you is, um, do you recognize that when you get married or you get in a relationship, there are going to be times that you beef, and it's not going to be two people who want to work it out. One, one of y'all is. And the other one is like, <laughs> What time is the next bus? <laughs> I mean, really, and 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 do you do you recognize that you need to be building now that um that that, that willpower to hold on when 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 the other one don't want to, you know, they'll get there, you know, two weeks ago, both of us wasn't there. Right, boo? I like you now, man. I do. I, I mean, and, and I like you now, too, but uh, two weeks ago, I ain't like him. And they could have, you know, the, the, the I, I didn't get on the bus, but I did think about it, and I ain't going to lie. I mean, you know, I wasn't going to get on the bus, but I did think about it. I, w I wish I could get on the bus. I mean, you know, so but, so would any single person in here like to address that do you think you 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 got it do, do you realize that you ain't gonna get there at the same time nobody 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 <laughs> hi my name is Mimi I wanted to comment on this earlier but like as a single person we all trying to uh, develop our careers and that's what matters to us right now, I think. And um, that's still standing. I didn't know that was a topic before. And I also have a problem with that. Like, whenever there's a conflict, conflict, like, I'm doing nursing, so if somebody, if, if I'm talking to somebody and they want to start a problem, like, oh, I don't have time for this. 
So I end it immediately. So I think that's a challenge we already have as singles, and we don't like to go through it because we have other things that we need to fix for ourselves. And, um, I mean, yes, that is something that we all should think about, but no one really understands that it's not about self. It's about your relationships with other people. That's what living to me is about. Mm-hmm. And um, this the society, this world, it's about, well, the way that America makes it, no offense because I'm, I'm Caribbean, but it's about, like, how, you know, how can I get ahead? How can I do it? How can I do this? So I do understand that we're we're never going to meet at the same time or, you know, the same way everybody grieves differently. But um, the thing is, like, how can I, – I, I, I think that's very hard to understand because when you're going through it, you're going to be alone regardless. And then that's when you have to find the way to make the person understand you. And so it's, it's happening now. So it's still standing. I don't know. Hi, I'm Erica Jeffries, um, and I came in here saying I'm not going to say nothing. <laughs> but um, but just just one thing, um, after hearing what Peachy just said, um, I think one of the things that I've learned over, you know, over past experiences is that too often I think a lot of young people, a lot of young adults, a lot of singles, and those singles who are not so young anymore, um, they do a lot of casual dating and I think when you're casually dating, you may be looking for the next bus. You run into an issue and you're like, okay, well, there's somebody else in line. I don't have to deal with whatever this issue is. And I have a really good friend who um, recently went through a divorce. And and as you know, you listen to people going through their own situations, you think about your dating situation and you think, well, dating is hard. Um, relationships are hard. Um, is it really supposed to be this hard? And my my good friend said to me, you know what? Dating is supposed to be that hard. Um, and it's supposed to be that hard because when you get married, you need to have that need to have had that experience so that when you run into whatever that bump in the road is, or when you get into that valley, you have some sort of preparation. Um, you have had some sort of refining and uh, polishing um, that that diamond doesn't come out a diamond it's a coal piece of coal that has to be um, under that pressure to to actually be able to shine one day and so um, that is something that I have held on to for a long time in that when you are in a relationship whether you're married or whether you're single understanding what it means to be committed and understanding what that word really is um, people take vows of marriage every day and are really thinking about that party, the reception that's coming up in another hour, um, and not realizing, um, like the pastor said, you know, what does this mean? What is the long term? Do you, do you really know what you're getting into? And I think a lot of times people do not know what they're getting into, and they're not really prepared for that commitment. So I, I say all that to say that for those single people who are in a relationship, um, who are dating seriously, um, don't be looking for the next bus. Not to say that you should stay in every relationship because every relationship is not necessarily what God has ordained for you, but if you are in a seriously committed relationship, be committed to it and 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 recognize that there are going to be valleys even before you get to the altar. 
Um, and if you're going to get to the altar, you have to go through those tests before you get there. If, if I can, great, Erica, that was two points I can make really quick. Uh, the other night in the uh, young adults um, Bible study that PG and I taught, I talked about I, I don't like the word Christian because it's it's really a, a it, it's a, it's a profession of who you say you are. I like disciple because it's a declaration of what you do, and so um, I like. In that concept, and then what I, was it Reverend Walker today? The teacher doesn't talk to you. The teacher will talk to you before the test and after the test. But while you're going through, he, want to, he wants to see whether or not what they put into you will come out. And if we can remember that concept. See, David and the young lady both alluded to this. We live in a culture. We've moved from a culture of family to a culture of career. And so when you don't meet the demands of whatever it is I'm trying to do, I'm going to get on the next bus. But I ain't going nowhere, and neither is she. I don't care what valley we in. <laughs> and, you know, Erica's statement again about um, casual dating. Um, you know, whatever you do over and over and over again, eventually you'll get good at it. But when you get good at that, guess what you're not good at anymore? Because you learn all these habits and things that help you to win the game, but they don't help you to develop long-standing relationships. And I know that when I was dating, it took me a while. I think I stopped for maybe almost two years so that I could get myself together. And I wasn't necessarily looking for a certain type of woman. I was looking to get myself ready for the woman I thought that I needed. And it took a long time to really think that out and to look at myself and just project. Because, you know, everybody wants the best person, but are you ready for that? What do you have to bring to the table when you find that person, you know? And um, you can always find yourself in a situation where you could run into someone and because of your habits, you can't change or become the person you need to be fast enough to take advantage of what God has put in front of you. And I think it took a couple of instances like that for me to realize that some changes need to be made in me. Well, we're going to close this up. Close it up? Uh, I just want to let everybody know, and I'm going to let you, let's let the pastor close it up, yeah. But I just want to let everybody know I'm going to um, edit this and I'll put it online. It will be under the same title as the um, movie and um, under a measure of truth, and you can download it for free on iTunes or you can find it on my um, profile page on Blog Talk Radio, or you can just join me on Facebook and you'll see it posted there. It will be on demand. You can click on it anytime you want. You can uh, email a link to friends. Anybody you think would benefit from it, you know, you can share it. One question. Uh, are the other movies that this couple produces uh, the same format? That it's basically interviews. Everything is the same. Everything is the same format. Yeah. And their website again is? www.blackandmarriedwithkids.com. And so um, if you go there, you can find um, all the the, CD, uh, the DVDs, uh, Happily, Married Af- Happily Married Ever After, You Saved Me, starring P.T. Williams and Reggie Williams, <laughs> <laughs> Men Ain't Boys, and, uh, and, and Still Standing. And we do have tapes and the uh, DVDs in the back for sale. 
Uh, Lamar and Ronnie, they do this all out of their pocket, so you're supporting their cause. There's, you know, when Hollywood is paying the bill, you get what Hollywood gives you. So with them, you're getting what they want. So um, we enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Um, the reason why these people were able to stand, because I always say that those problems are not the problems, it's the immaturity in terms of how people deal with those problems. And so if you can get past the immaturity, you'll still stand. So we're going to, again, I thank you. I We're going to let our shepherd close us out. Yes, sir. Oh, uh, the DVDs are $20. Hey. hey. How was it? Is that good? All right. Um, I want to thank um, uh, Reggie and Mike for uh, doing this today, and uh, they're 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 quite a team here. I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm mentoring both of them, and so I'm uh, I'm trying to push them out in the world, and uh, so uh, it was uh, like Akeem said today. Um, they they're the two karate kids. Yeah, and uh, I just think they did a great job today. I really do. Um, I think uh, this movie was um, quite an interesting movie, and I think it's interesting in light of how all of us perceive marriage and relationships in general, and all of us have a perception. And there are multiple factors that form our perception. Of, uh, of marriage. The one thing that we cannot forget is that uh, don't ever get married until you're ready. And also know that most of the time you think you're ready, you're not. Um, especially if you don't know what to look for and what you're going to uh, encounter. I want to suggest to you that if it is your hope, your prayer, your desire to be married, that you do something um, that... Uh, I think perhaps would be quite beneficial to you. And that is that you learn all you can. Um, and it's great to read books, and books can give you a lot of information, but there's nothing like the real thing. And uh, one of the things that I suggest you do is find yourself some marriage mentors. Um, even before you get the person, there's somebody to help you to understand what you need to do in terms of personal preparation so that you can move toward that, that point. Uh, as Mike said, you know, you got to go through a period where you kind of work on you um, because most of the time we go in marriages with an idea, and when two people have two different ideas, I want you to know it doesn't work well. And uh, you have to formulate um, a plan, and one of the things that, that I do, and uh, Dr. Ballard now does, um, uh, I always had couples, and uh, those of you who are in here that are married know that uh, I have couples do a job description. And uh, the job description, uh, the, 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 the wife-to-be does a job description for a husband, and the husband-to-be does a job description for the wife. And it's really not about just doing a job description and may say, oh, that's crazy. Well, it's not really crazy because I tell people don't ever take a job unless you know what you're supposed to do. Mm 
And so uh, entering into a covenant relationship, you need to know what the other person expects from you. Because many times if you go, I mean, if you expecting me to cook seven days a week and, you know, we talking and we going, to, it's, it's not going to work out too well going to, in there because by the time I get in, I ain't cooking seven days, you know, maybe two, you know. And, you know, you need to understand what do I expect. And, and then they bring those descriptions together and they talk about whether or not I can live up to your expectations. And if I can't live up to your expectation, then this is what I can do. And then you know what what you're going into and what to expect from a person. There's nothing worse than expecting something from somebody that they can't deliver. And that's that's painful to expect something that a person can't deliver. And many times we go in relationships not knowing what people expect. And then when we know what they expect, we can't deliver it. And so working on you... <clears throat> excuse me, is understanding what it is um, you you want in your life, what, what, what it is you, well, not necessarily what you want, what you need, because a lot of times you may not necessarily get what you want. And you can shop from person to person looking for what you want, and you'll end up discovering that nobody can give you everything that you want. But there is somebody that can give you what you need. And uh, you have to be in touch with yourself to that degree. So uh, I'm I'm glad uh, for the movie, but there's nothing like personal experience of people that you know yourself that you have connected to and you can connect to. There's some people who you know who've been married for a long time, some not necessarily for a long time, but uh, long enough to have gone through some of those valleys and uh, and and didn't get on the bus, you know, and sometimes it's, you know, sometimes you look out the window and you see the bus and you just watch the bus go by, you know, and then you look back at your lover and say, mm-hmm, uh, but uh, you don't get on it, but you do that. Uh, but it takes a lot of commitment and a lot of forgiveness. Um, and if you can do that, then you can survive. Uh, let me uh, close by saying this, um, that not everybody's going to get married. Not every- just... I mean, I know God said it's not good that man should be alone, but every man ain't going to be married. Um, and everybody's not really prepared, equipped, or desire to make the necessary changes, commitment, and adjustments in their lives to be able to do that. Um, but please understand, uh, you can find wholeness and happiness in yourself. Let me say that again because I know you can find wholeness and happiness in yourself. Let me say that again. You can find happiness and wholeness in yourself, and the best person to be with is somebody who has done that, that's, that's, that's whole and happy. Because when you're whole and happy, when you come together with somebody, it makes things complete. But if you're miserable and you're looking for somebody to make you happy, then that's very challenging because really what you're looking for is a mama or a daddy. And the reality is that's done, that's over, you've grown now. And you're not going to get that. So um, be committed to yourself. Be committed to your relationship. And we praise God for it. Thank you again, Reggie. Thank you again, Mike. We appreciate you. And uh, y'all figure out what we're doing next this Sunday. All right. We're ready to go. Uh, let's uh, dismiss in a, in a word of prayer. 
Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for the privilege of sharing today. And God, we thank you for what uh, all of us have gained and gleaned from our attendance. And God, as we leave today, we pray that what we have seen and heard will translate into what we shall do even in our own lives. God, help us to be empowered by uh, this period of time we spent together. But God, don't just let it be something that we think about. Let it be something that we live out. And so help us and strengthen us in that area of our lives. Now, God, unto you who's able to keep us and to present us faultless, may there be glory and majesty always in you, with you, and through you. Keep us until we meet again. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. See, I don't know about y'all, but Junior got a lot of reason to be thankful for. See, during this time of year, people get sad because they don't got no money. But you need to just be happy that God woke your butt up this morning. Y'all don't hear me. You need to just be thankful. I'm thankful for a new day. I'm thankful that you made a way. Joy. I appreciate my auntie, yeah, cause she's always praying for me, and you know I love my mama, yeah, for going through the drama, for today, yeah, and I'm glad I made it through a new year, I'm so I'm thankful for the holiday. I'm thankful for the new car. Now I hope that I can drive it far. Now I'm thankful for food on the table. Cause it lets me know that he's able. I'm thankful for the joy you bring.
Hi, I'm Michael Fordham, host of A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com, and I want to take a quick minute to talk to you about Young Lives. Young Lives is a unique, cutting-edge, nonprofit Christian organization designed to empower and equip pregnant and parenting teen moms to become productive citizens in the community, a program that partners teens and mature Christian women to provide teen girls in crisis with timely encouragement, guidance, and ongoing support. Through the power of presence, kids and teens' lives are dramatically impacted when caring adults come alongside them, sharing God's love. Because someone believes in them, they begin to see that their lives have great worth, meaning, and purpose. This is just the first step of a lifelong journey. The choices they make today, based on God's love for them, will impact their future decisions, the careers they choose the marriages they form, and the families they raise. All of this can be traced back to the time when a young life leader reached out and entered their world. Your support will provide girls with an opportunity to attend parenting classes, summer camp, and empowerment programs that just might change their lives. To learn more, visit their website at younglivesdc.younglife.org or call the regional director, Sharon Holland, at 202-399-7017. Special thanks to Pastor Smith and Reggie Williams and the Mount Zion family. I'm Michael Forderman. You've been listening to A Measure of Truth, the Talk and Tea at Three edition. Well, before you go, here's a little something to take with you. Ask God for wisdom daily, but know that your lesson can come from anybody or any situation, good or bad, friend or foe. Watch your thoughts. They become words. And watch your words. They become actions. And watch your actions. They become habits. And watch your habits. They become your character. And watch your character. It becomes your destiny. Until we meet again, take care of what becomes of you.